Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the morning devotion here at Christ Life Ministries. So, sorry, I'm just trying to get this thing to work. We are a little bit late um, this morning. <laughs> we had a difficult night with the kids. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't get myself to... Uh, to get up in the morning and do everything in the right time. So that's why we are late. Okay, so Romans chapter 11. I want to start in Romans chapter 11. So um, we've been speaking about the Creator creating everything with the Word. That was the message yesterday. And uh, the everything was created by a spoken word, except man. Man was formed by the hands of God out of the dust of the ground, the clay. And uh, the day before yesterday, uh, we spoke about the potter and the clay. And the potter formed the clay. And Romans 9 and Isaiah 45 says, What right does the, potter ha the, the clay have to say to the potter, What do you think you're making? Why have you made me thus? So... Um, so instead of the clay having an opinion, the clay needs to just surrender to the maker. All right, so this is the, the image that I have today that I want to uh, share with you. Uh, for us to be made in the image of God, that was the wish that God spoke out before he made man. Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And then he said, in the image of, and likeness of man created he them, male and female. So he did create us in his image and in his likeness, but it was still just the natural part. So 1 Corinthians 15 says, it's not the spiritual that came first, but the natural and then the spiritual. So uh, out of the spirit, God spoke everything into being. Okay, But man was formed in the natural. So now what needs to happen to man is the spirit needs to come to man. The word needs to come to man. So the creation uh, was all made for man. But God made man for himself. So that's what makes man different. Man is the crown of God's creation. So man was created so that God can dwell in man. God doesn't dwell in trees. God doesn't dwell in flowers. He doesn't dwell in animals. God dwells in man, which makes us pretty special to him. All right, so he made us. And the process was he formed us and he made us alive. He blew breath into us and man stood up a living soul, the natural man, Adam. So, you know the whole story, Adam messed up, uh, subjected creation to frailty because he wanted to do himself. He wanted the knowledge of good and evil to break away and be independent from God and do it himself. And lift, basically lift up himself into a place where he will have the knowledge of good and evil. And he will not need the Spirit of God to guide him. He will not need to trust God. He has no need of faith. Because he has the knowledge himself and he wants to emancipate himself from God. And that's the essence of the knowledge of good and evil. You see it all over the world. People want to cut themselves off from even the notion that there is a God because they think they have the knowledge themselves. Yet creation comes only into its own, only into the purpose for which it was created 
with God, in fellowship with God, in union with God. Okay? Right, so I want to read you something. This whole trust issue is kind of summed up here very clearly. Romans chapter 11 verse 6, I'm going to read King James. He says, and if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. So the two are mutually exclusive. So you can't say it's by grace and then have to work for it. And you can't work for it and say the fruit of your work is grace. It has to be grace or it has to be works. Now, we were formed by the hands of God. We were created by God in order to be a dwelling place for him in the creation. And he wanted us to be a royal priesthood from the beginning. You can see this phrase popping up, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. All right? He wanted us to be a holy mountain. He wanted us to be the city of God. He wanted us to be the body of Christ. He wanted us to be the temple of the Holy Ghost. He wanted us to be his dwelling place. All right? So... Uh, so that where we are, he is, so that where he is, we are. Us in him, he in us, he's the invisible, we are the visible, but we are one. All right? That was the plan of God's creation from the beginning, for, for him to dwell inside of us. Now, after the cross, after Jesus became a, a natural body man, but conceived of the Holy Spirit, he had every temptation, but he did not sin. He was filled with the Holy Ghost, and he showed the Father, the invisible God. He became the dwelling place of the Father. He became the visible representation of the invisible. He became the firstborn of many brethren. So he is the blueprint, and all of us need to look like him. All right? So... He is the image of the new creation man that God wanted to create from the beginning. Which means that all of us who have been created in God's image, but do not fully walk in the manifestation of the Spirit and the fullness of the Word, we all need to see that image of Jesus Christ walking on the earth, fully manifesting the Father. That is the image of the Son. That is love. He died on the cross for us. That is showing the Father. So uh, when we see Jesus, says John chapter 14, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So Jesus said it. I say this all the time. Maybe I say it every week. I say like, Jesus said, I only say what I hear him say. I say nothing of myself. I only do what I see him do. I do nothing of myself. Which means that when you see Jesus, there's no knowledge of good and evil. There's no separation. There's no independence. But there's total dependence and total trust in the Father. So that's grace. The natural man trusting the spirit trusting the father who is spirit to dwell in us through us completing us and living in us and through us 
That is what grace means. Grace is to allow him, to trust him to do everything through us. If then it is his work in us, that is grace. If it is by work, it is no longer by grace. If it is us trying to do out of ourselves our own thing, then it is no more of grace. So you see these two trees clearly. The tree of knowledge of good and evil, me doing it by my knowledge independently from the Spirit of God. And we know that Romans 8 says the mind of the flesh which is sense and reason without the Spirit of God is death. Romans 8 verse 6. Okay? The new creation man does nothing of himself. Nothing of himself. So he doesn't think for himself. He has the mind of Christ. He doesn't do for himself. He does the works of Christ. He doesn't speak for himself. He speaks the word of Christ. So he's completely abandoned to him, trusting him completely that he is the way, the truth, the life, that he is the imprint of God's nature, that he is the very one that, you know, completes the picture. So now just, just think of this image. Go back to the image of the potter and the clay. If the potter uh, makes the clay, and now the vessel is complete, but it now still needs to be painted, you know, because, I mean, the potter makes the clay into a vessel, whether it is a cup or a bowl or whatever it is. But you see, you know, in, in, especially in the ancient times, they made these clay pots, but it was adorned beautifully. I mean, it was painted, and it was even overlaid with gold, and it was so beautifully made. But after the pot had been finished, if the pot has a will of its own, and the pot does not want the creator or the potter to finish the work, then what will the picture look like? Now the pot wants to paint itself. So now the pot is trusting himself to produce the finished work that the potter wanted to do in the first place. That can't work because the creation can't possibly have the idea in their hearts and minds what the creator had when the creator started making the creation. Okay? Say, for instance, you are a computer programmer and you program uh, an interactive computer game with characters inside. Now those characters doesn't want the programmer to finish the program to program them fully. They want to do it themselves inside the program. You see the, the, type, the type of idea. That's exactly where humanity is. We don't trust that, the, that the, the Spirit of God can bring us to perfection, to completion. Okay? Right, so in John chapter um, 19, Jesus says the following. John chapter 19. When Jesus, verse 30, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Okay. What was finished? He completely finished the law and the prophets. He completely finished the work of God. He completely fulfilled everything that was written of him. He completely finished the new creation man. All right? So 
He destroyed the old and the power of sin, and he created and recreated man in his own image. All right. So, when we look at the work of Christ, and we trust that, when we look to what he's done at the cross, and we see the blood that was shed, we see the broken body, and we trust that that cleanses us completely from the old, from the old nature, from godlessness, from not being united with God, not being the house of God, not being the temple of the Holy Ghost. And we trust that that blood and that word of the blood cleanses us, cleanses us, cleanses us. Okay? Then our hearts are open for the Spirit of God to come and dwell in us and finish the work. Okay, so the finished work, the person Christ who is holy, who is blameless, who is perfect, coming to dwell, in, to dwell inside of us, making us holy and blameless and perfect. So it is the pot finally being finished off by the Creator. All right? So uh, not only will this vessel... The, the vessel is also not only finished when the vessel is, you know, fully made, but when the vessel is filled to fulfill its purpose, then it's come to completion. So a wine bottle, you can make it in the factory, but the wine bottle needs to be filled with wine and corked and labeled, and then it is complete. Otherwise, it's of no use, okay? Because the value of the wine bottle is not the bottle. The value of the bottle is the contents, yeah. okay? It's the same with just a water bottle or anything. You have no, absolutely no value to an empty bottle, you know? Apart from people who think weirdly and buy old bottles and for millions of rands. I don't know, maybe such, such people exist. But you find them on these antique uh, auctions and things. <laughs> don't think of the exception to the rule now. A bottle, without its contents, worthless. Yeah. You will find those bottles on the scrap heap. Yeah. Or in line to be filled, a new bottle. All right, so now you can't put new wine into old wineskins. Yeah. All right? So God recreated us in Christ Jesus. He made us new. If any man being grafted in Christ, he's a new creation. Okay? Which means, by the blood of Christ, we've been washed, the washing of the water by the wood, being made new. Now, filled with a new wine. Okay, so when the new wine has filled the wineskin, the wineskin has come to its full purpose. All right? So I just want to borrow some ideas from Lene's revelation. You heard her speak last week on the clay pots or, or the, the, the washing ritual pots. In John chapter 2, Jesus was at the wedding, Cana of Galilee, and uh, the wine ran up. Now, we're talking about wine, like real wine. And you know what wine does, ne? Okay? So, it's wine. So, here comes 
the master of ceremonies comes to Jesus and says, wine is up. Okay? So it's like, well, it's not my problem. <laughs> you know? So here comes Mary <laughs> and says, okay, here's my son, do what he says. He says, woman, it's not my time yet. But he honors his mother because the, the, the law says honor your father and, and your mother. All right, so he says, those pots, those vessels that are used for washing, just go fill them up. Okay, so they had served their purpose. They were used for a ritual. And now they were empty. And then he said, just fill them up with water. So they filled them up with water, just water. But when they drew from it, it became wine. So the vessel that was cleansed became a vessel of glory, a vessel of new wine, a vessel filled with something. So the, the vessel itself was repurposed from one doing rituals of cleansing to one being filled with a new wine, new purpose, completely different type of vessel now so even though we were vessels of god's wrath together with all of mankind heirs of his wrath and indignation it says ephesians chapter 2 okay god by his love to satisfy the love that he has for us he cleansed us and he made us holy and blameless and perfect for a new purpose so what's that new purpose to be a vessel of honor, to be a vessel of glory. Okay, did those pots have any say in their transformation? No, they just needed to yield. They just needed to open up. But they pots, so they opened up. So he just poured it in, poured it in, poured it in. Now we are vessels with a will. We are not just pots. That's just stationary. We are vessels with a will. So now we have a choice to make every day. And that's why, where I started this morning. Romans 11. He said, if it is of grace, it is no longer works. So if it's going to be by the Spirit and by grace, it's not going to be us thinking, trying to do something by knowledge, trying to get ourselves better. If it is by works, then it's no longer by grace. So either you trust yourself or you trust him. Either you have the full knowledge to bring yourself to perfection. No one does. Because no one is justified by dependence on the law. Or we have to let him. We have to trust him to cleanse us. Trust him to fix us. Trust him to complete us, make us perfect. And trust him to fill us. And trust him to repurpose us. All right? So that we can be a vessel of glory. So I spoke about it also earlier this week. Second Timothy chapter 2. I said it on Monday. Verse 20. He says... Uh, who then cleanses himself. Let me just get to it. 
It says verse 20, but in a great house there is not only vessels of gold and silver, but of wood and earthenware, and some of honorable and noble use, and some for menial and ignoble use. So whoever cleanses himself from what is ignoble and unclean, who separates himself from contact with contaminating and corrupting influences, will then himself be a vessel set apart and useful and honorable and noble purposes, consecrated, profitable, profitable to the master, fit and ready for any good work. All right. So let the Holy Spirit consecrate you. The vessel's uh, value is determined by the contents. Okay? We don't want to be empty vessels, and we don't want to be vessels filled with rubbish. Okay? So if it's a vessel filled with rubbish stuff, yucky gunk, we throw it away. Okay? Uh, but he wanted us to be filled with himself. So he emptied out all the rubbish by dying on the cross. So he became the bottle. And the bottle was smashed so that the contents could be destroyed. And then the bottle was put back, back together again <laughs> and filled with something else. I don't know. I'm just trying to, to get this thing through. Okay. So we are now made holy. We are now made whole in him. Okay. So by his spirit, we are new. We are a new creation man. The creation of God is completed Finished, the work of his hands is finished when the work, the vessel, is filled with its intended contents. And that is you. You were made in his image. But now he wants you to fill you and every part of you until you are fully manifested into the very image of the son of his love. Okay? So, I just want to read... A couple of scriptures concerning that, and then we end. So this is Romans 8, verse 29. He says, For those we foreknew, of whom he was aware and loved beforehand, he also destined from the beginning, foreordaining them to be molded into the image of his Son, and share inwardly his likeness, that he might become the firstborn among many brethren. Okay? Share inwardly his likeness. So outwardly, we have the image of God, but now inwardly. And that transformation happens by the renewal of the mind. Okay? So he's going to fill us. He's going to fill our mind. He's going to fill us again and fill us again and fill us again with the content until we are completely molded and renewed and molded and renewed and molded and renewed until we look exactly like the image that he had intended. And then he will come because First John 3 says, we know not what we shall be here after verse 2. But we know that when he comes, we will resemble him and be like him. For we shall see him as he really is. So keep on looking into his face and be transformed. Okay, Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us and made us fit to share the portion which is the inheritance of the saints in the light. The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have our redemption through his blood, which means the forgiveness of our sins. Now he is the exact likeness of the unseen God. Do you see the drawing to the, to the Father, the drawing, the uh, 
taking out of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love now we're coming to the image he says now he is the exact likeness of the unseen god the visible representation of the invisible the firstborn of all creation so do you see that man was created and then had to be born man was created naturally and then had to be born of spirit okay so the natural man obviously the next generation were born and born and born but that second birth brings us to the completion of the creation he's the firstborn of all creation for it was in him that all things were created in heaven and on earth things seen and things unseen whether thrones dominions rulers authorities all things were created and exist through him and by his service and intervention in and for him all right so he he's he made a creation and allowed the creation to have a will to either welcome him or reject him and he wanted to be welcomed in his creation to finish it you are complete in him you are perfect in him you are finished in him outside of him without him you can do nothing worthless clay pot that will be broken in pieces by the rod of the scepter of iron revelation chapter 2 okay right so the creation needs to trust the creator to finish the job and we are that creation and he is bringing us to the full manifestation of the son of god so if it is by works then grace means nothing good luck trying to change yourself into the image of the son but if it is by grace then all the works in the world means nothing and it's true it is by grace so we can trust him and he will do it all right okay there's one last verse that i can finish it off with first thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 just listen to this he says may the god of peace himself sanctify you through and through separate you from profane things okay so he says in the one whoever cleanses himself second timothy 2 verse 20 21 whoever cleanses himself from corruptible influences will himself be a vessel set apart but now he says may the god of peace himself sanctify you so how do you cleanse yourself we spoke about it let the word wash you let the word cleanse you let the spirit cleanse you okay so he says and may the god of peace himself sanctify you through and through separate you from profane things make you pure and wholly consecrated to god and may your spirit and soul and body all of it <laughs> be preserved sound and complete and found blameless at the coming of our lord jesus christ you see there is the same as first john 3 okay faithful is he who is calling you to himself and utterly trustworthy and he will also do it okay colossians 1 the father has drawn us to himself okay faithful is he who has who is calling you to himself and utterly trustworthy and he will also do it he will finish you off in a good way <laughs> not in a fighting way you know okay he will finish the 
all the adornments and all the stuff and fill you with the contents. Okay. Fulfill his call by hallowing and keeping you. So we need to trust him. All right. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, we'll see you again tomorrow morning at 9. Be blessed. Have an awesome day. Amen.